Chapter Seventeen of Venus Boy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Venus Boy by Lee Sutton. Chapter Seventeen. Teachers can't play hooky. It was now an hour after the Earth rocket had blasted off on its way back to Earth. Johnny Watson lay on his stomach with his chin cupped in his hands and looked down from the top of New Plymouth Rock. Beside him, twisted into the same position, was his friend, Baba, his blue nails glowing in Venus' pearly light. Near the two friends, perched on a boulder, were two of the large Venus eagles, watching every move they made. How changed it all was down in the settlement. People were streaming back from the rocket field on foot and without armor. Beside the Jenkins family strode Mona, the leopardess, carrying a basket in her mouth. In the basket, the Jenkins baby slept. Mona just loved babies. Down in the marshberry fields, three rhinosaurs peacefully browsed. There were so many berries available now in the sea marshes that no one had to worry about the few in the fields. The marva had left these three rhinosaurs to carry people wherever they might want to go. High in the sky was a faint dot. Baba nudged Johnny and pointed. Here comes Keetak, he said in his clicking language. We'll have to go down pretty soon. I suppose so, Johnny said wearily. It had been fun for a while, being the only person who understood the Marva language. When Dad and the other colonists had gone into the jungle to talk with the council of all the Marva groves, Johnny and Baba had been there too, the center of attention. When the men spoke, Baba told the Marva what they meant. When the Marva spoke, Johnny had to tell the men what the bears meant. It had been fun being so important. It had been fun being treated like heroes, but they were already tired of it. With their new freedom to travel, there was a whole continent to explore, and hundreds of new friends to make. Idly, Johnny watched the dot that, Baba said, was Keetak, growing into a bird with a twenty-foot wing spread flying through the sky. In its claws was a small, black-muzzled, bouncing bear. Baba's eyes were magically good. The bird was a Venus eagle, the Marva's airplane. Before men had come and made it dangerous for them, the Marva had flown anywhere they wanted to go in the talons of these great birds. Johnny knew that the earliest hunters thought the eagles were preying upon the bears. 
It was just one more surprising thing about the little bears. Johnny remembered what Rick had said when he had arrived home, his wound all healed. He had really grown to respect the marva. They have learned to live with other creatures, and have taught all their friends, as they call the animals, to live in peace together. The meat-eaters have their meat-trees, so they don't need to attack other animals. It's amazing, Rick reported. Johnny remembered how Baba had preened himself when Rick had spoken that way, and he smiled. Hey, Baba, Johnny said, how soon do you think we could take a trip all around the groves? We could get Skorkin to carry us and go visit everybody. You will have to come stay with my people, Baba said. Only a few days before, Baba had discovered a host of aunts, uncles, and cousins in one of the outlying groves. Most important of all, he had found his father. I've lived with you for years and years. Now it should be your turn. Oh, good, said Johnny. We'll do it soon as they'll let us go. Look, Johnny, Baba pointed. Look at the trader. Below, the fat, bald-headed little man, a pack on his back, was heading into the jungle. He waddled as he walked, but he moved straight along. Where's he going? Baba asked. Dad says he's going to start a marshberry farm, if the marva will let him. But gosh, it'll be a long time before anyone will help him. He can always live on meat fruit and stuff, Baba said. Nobody likes him, but they won't bother him if he leaves them alone. What had happened to the trader and to the outlaws was the strangest thing of all. The marva had not wanted them punished. They said they wanted to make friends, not enemies. The thousands of marva claws that had been given to the colony had made the claws quite cheap so that Trader Harkness had become a poor man. He had been rich in hunting equipment and hunting lodges. Now all these things were valueless. Surprisingly, he had refused to return to Earth. Venus is my home, he had said flatly. I'll get by. Johnny had to admire his courage, just as he had to admire some of the hunters who would not stay on Venus. These lean, hard-bitten men were going further on into space. To Johnny's surprise, Keetak admired the hunters, too. They are fighters, like the rhinosaurs. Here there is nothing left to fight. They are people of much courage. Looking down on the trader, Johnny found he couldn't help feeling sorry for him. Goodbye, he yelled, his voice echoing among the rocks. Goodbye, trader. The fat man looked up 
and waved back. Johnny thought he smiled. He was a real pioneer, Johnny said. Yes, Baba answered. He'll be all right. Johnny jumped back suddenly from the edge of the rock and hid behind some bushes. Here comes Mom looking for us. Baba quickly dived back out of sight, too. Johnny peeked through the screening of bushes. His mother was riding toward the rock on Skorkin, the rhinosaur. This hideout was not very secret. Everybody on Venus knew about it. He stood up and waved down to her. I'm coming, mother, he shouted. His mother nodded, and the big rhinosaur turned back toward the settlement. In a few minutes, Baba and Johnny would be back in school, sitting in front of a group of men and a group of marva. Baba would be teaching the marva how to understand the talk of people, while Johnny taught the men and women how to talk and understand the language of the marva. It was a hard job. I guess we gotta go back, Johnny mourned. I guess so, Baba agreed sadly. There is only one trouble with being a teacher, said Johnny. Teachers just can't play hooky. Then he grinned. Say, I've got an idea. What? asked Baba. Mom hasn't been doing her homework. Let's give a test today. Baba slapped his furry haunches, his blue teeth glowing. Let's go, Johnny clicked to the two eagles. He ran as hard as he could and leaped off the edge of the high cliff, hurtling down and down. Right after him, Baba jumped too. There was the sound of great wings, and the true, tremendous Venus eagles swept after them. One dived at Johnny, its claws spread. The long, powerful claws hooked into Johnny's belt and whisked him through the air toward the settlement. The other grasped Baba by the shoulders. Together, the two friends flew on. That was fun, said Johnny. His furry blue pal nodded his agreement. End of chapter 17